Hi, and welcome to Authorise, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier, and if you go back uh, where you found this podcast, you can find a whole bevy of previous episodes of Authorised, including my chat with uh, people like Julia Gillard, uh, Peter Fitzsimons, Leanne Moriarty, a whole stack of Michael Connolly, a whole stack of authors, all different sorts of uh, books that we've uh, spoken to the authors about over the years we've been doing this podcast. So go back and find uh, an old episode if you're looking for something good to listen to. But don't, whatever you do, don't miss what's coming up in this episode because it is a beauty and a terrific Australian author you're going to meet in just a tick. But a reminder about our fabulous podcast partners, uh, CSEG, they want to be your business partners because they're very good at what they do and what they do is finance and they can help you set your financial goals or if you've already done that, they can help you achieve it. Uh, whatever you want to look at, whether it's superannuation, whether it is insurance, whether it's investing, uh, how your financial picture sits at the moment is maybe not how you want it to be. They can help you make it better. Give them a call, have a chat, double nine seven four eight triple three, or jump on their website, csg.com.au. Kelly Hawkins is our author uh, for this edition of Authorised. Her new book is called Apartment 303. It is a beauty. Let's have a talk to Kelly about how it all came together and uh, let's also talk about her very, very touching at times uh, story of uh, how she got to be an author. Congratulations. Must be nice to have the book in your hand and uh, to be able to talk about it after obviously living with it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it is. Thanks. It's it's great. It feels kind of... um kind of weird because I'm in the middle of writing the next one and then you and then you go back and you look at the last one and you've got to remember it all again. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of strange. We'll talk about, I think it's called The Miller Women, the new one. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about Apartment 303. Now, I saw an interview where this is actually sort of loosely based on an actual event that happened to you. Yeah, it is. It came, the, the thing that starts off, the, the beginning of the book, it starts, it's not giving anything away to say that it starts with a homeless man being murdered uh, in Sydney yep. um, uh, across the road from the main protagonist. She, she lives across the road in, a, in an apartment building. Um, she doesn't see it, but she's, you know, she sees the police there afterwards. And, yeah, that happened to me. And I guess it stuck with me. Like It's happened to me years ago. Like you know, My daughter's now 19, and it was well before that. So it was probably 25 years ago. Um, and, yeah, and obviously I didn't know that a homeless man but it's just I suppose we we like in the book we my husband or he was my boyfriend at the time we used to look out the window and we'd see these homeless men that lived across the road from the building um it was in the domain there was a car there's a car park in the domain and there's kind of an area outside and these homeless men would live um they'd sort of claim their patch and they'd live you know, along that bit of shelter that there was there so we kind of got, got to know them and one one older man in particular who lived in a cage, kind of, and it sounds bad, but he lived, it was like, like a small room with with wire up around it, and it was kind of his patch, and I guess he felt safer in there. It was a bit of like a, like a, his own place. Um, and we used to watch him, and he was an older man. He looked kind of neat, and he'd wear shoes and socks, and, he'd, and he would sweep out that area. Um, he had an old room. So, yeah, and he was the man that was murdered. In my book, he wasn't the man that's murdered. Um, another man was. And then that man is someone that the main character uh, goes and talks to. But, yeah, so it's kind of, I guess it's always stuck with me, that that event. And so when I was thinking about writing a book, I just thought that incident was was interesting. And then I was wondering how I'd, what I could do with it. Um, and in this case, I've made made that incident kind of the starting point for the story. Yeah. 
So, I mean, one of those things where when it happened to you at the time, 25 years ago, you you don't think about those sort of things. And here you are, you know, quarter of a exactly. century later as, yeah. a, as a writer, having having yeah. done a whole lot of other jobs, and all of a sudden that pops into your head and go, hang on, I yep. might be able to use yeah. that now. Yeah, it's weird how writing works, because <laughs> I certainly wasn't a writer then. Um, yeah, and, and it's not something you would have ever thought about, but I think some things do just stay in your mind, and, and I guess that's what what writers do is you you invent some things and you take some things from your past or from wherever and and sometimes they come back to you even a long time later. <laughs> yeah. How does writing come for you? Does it come easily? Is it is it uh, for instance did this book given that it's based on some things that happened uh, to you did did it mm-hmm. all, did it come to you easily or was it a, was it a hard one to write? It was a bit hard actually. Um it was the main character I kind of really understood and she came to me easily but a lot of the plot and um, a few of the yeah a lot of the it took a while to to become properly formed um, some of the other books I guess I've done have had an easier plot line that I've understood a little bit better this one yeah I struggled with but then I, I find that I, I I think I just feel like that whenever I write something mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards maybe you forget about it a bit but yeah I struggle I don't sit down and have everything pour out of me or not usually anyway um, obviously sometimes that happens and that's great but for me it's like yeah I've got to get the words down and it's um, it's not it's not it doesn't feel good <laughs> when I do it and hopefully when I go back to it later it feels better or it looks better than what I remember so yeah for me it's always a struggle and I um yeah, and I do find that it's difficult to get the words down mostly. In in some sporting uh, arenas, there's a degree of difficulty with the, with, you know, one jump is a lot easier than another jump and the degree of difficulty yeah. is, and I reckon you gave yourself a, a fairly uh, interesting oh, degree of difficulty with this because you put it in the first person and you've done it mm-hmm. to such a, to such a, a fine timeline that you've yes. you've sort of uh, you've given yourself a, a real a real degree of difficulty uh, above yes. and beyond. <laughs> no, I think that's why I did struggle with this one because it's yeah, like you said, it's first person and it's basically a person who's alone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's it's I had to make things happen and I had to bring things to her or take her to other things and make it realistic, uh, not just you know that yeah, I, it, it was very difficult to. And I don't. And the next one I'm writing is from three different points of view, <laughs> and I think that was really deliberate because I thought I can't, I can't deal with, you know, having her getting so into this one person's head and having the whole book. Um, and I think it, it worked in a way that I wanted it to, and that it's kind of got that claustrophobic feel. And um, you, you I think first person was necessary for the book, but yeah, it was, it was difficult. <laughs> I agree. No, I won't do that again in a hurry. Though there's there's a the, I guess you're right a claustrophobic effect, but there's also that kind of there's that scary effect that if you're you're on your own, uh, mm. no matter who you are, things things frighten you more when you're Definitely. on your own. <laughs> so yeah. so if, you, if, if you're if you're playing at a a mystery and a, and a thriller, which this is uh, with a lot of twists and turns, uh, uh, it it kind of helps. Yeah, and and because she also has. Um, some mental health issues yeah. like she has OCD and PTSD she's anxious she has anxiety so yeah a lot of those things and then you, I guess the aim is well, you know you're, you're wondering 
is this all real even or you know or is it in her mind so there's a little bit of that as well as consumers we've become really obsessed with uh, the authenticity of of the things that we mm. uh, we consume these days is that is that put an extra sort of burden on you as a, as a writer when you when you're doing your research to make sure that there's a real authenticness about uh, or authenticity about what you do yeah definitely and especially when you're writing something about someone who has um, mental health issues because I mean, I don't, certainly not to the extent that, that Rory does in this book. I, I think I do have a level of anxiety, but um, and I think a lot of us possibly do, oh, yeah. um, actually. But, um, so yeah, I think you don't want to write something, you don't want to write something that people who have those issues are going to read and be really, you know, not even offended by, but really find that it's not real. And you, you want to represent people in a way that's accurate. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure, probably more than there was in years gone by as well, Especially, you know, we want to include people who have, who are all different, who have different, you know, mental states, who are different diversities, um, but we want to do it accurately. And as someone who maybe doesn't have some of those issues, it, it's a challenge, definitely. So there's a lot of research um, and a lot of reading. And I think, I think it comes back to, as a writer, you are, or you, I hope we are empathetic people and we, we, we use our imagination and try to imagine how we would feel. Um, and it's difficult though when it's something quite extreme like yeah. Rory, those things that she has are quite extreme. So, yeah, there's a lot of research that goes on. And you can get a bit lost in that sometimes, can't you? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> research is great except when you've got deadlines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, could, uh, I could research forever but I actually have to write something. <laughs> And can you get a bit lost in the in sort of almost the rabbit hole of your own uh, your own book in terms of where it yeah. where it's going sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I think that comes a bit more the more you write. Maybe um, I would definitely have done that more in the earlier books, probably. But yeah, you can go off and you have to kind of try and learn to recognise when you've gone too far or when you're including too much. Because I guess writing books like this that are meant to be suspenseful, you don't want them to be too filled with details that aren't necessary yep. um, even though you've done all this research so it'd be great to put some of it in there <laughs> um, you know you want people to know that you've done it but you don't want to load it up either so it's hard sometimes to have a lighter touch when you're writing that stuff the uh, the journal diary style that uh, that you've done the book in it makes it very easy to read and very easy to pick up and and pick up from where you were when you when you when you're reading it you can put it down for mm-hmm. a little while and then pick it up and you know exactly where you are was that was that uh, a hard thing to to kind of uh, discipline yourself to to make sure you did it that way each time um, not really I think that's just the style that it was this time so no it felt quite natural to write that way and it probably kind of is how I write anyway. Um, I'm struggling more actually with the latest one being from different points of view and different timelines because then you've got to match it all up um, and make sure when you go from one place, one chapter to another point, person's point of view that it kind of makes sense and that you're not thrown out of the book as well and go, oh. In some ways it was easier being straightforward like that because you're never, you're never far from Rory. Like you always know yeah. where you are, I guess, pretty much. Yeah, like you said, you just pick it up and you're in the next spot, yeah. Kelly, when did you discover that you wanted to be a writer and how did, how did that sort of happen for you? Well, I think I'm, I think I'm like a lot of writers in that I always kind of would like to have done it, but I'm, I'm a reader, so I think a lot of people who've been readers since their kids always 
and like secretly want to be writers. But, you know, when you're younger, it never seems like a viable career option. So I, um, I did journalism. I did communications and became a journalist for a while. And then I kind of moved around and did different things. Journalism, I loved the writing side of it, but I didn't really enjoy um, talking to people all the time, <laughs> ringing people up and, you know, hassling them. That wasn't really something I enjoyed. Yeah. So I kind of moved into graphic design and web design, and then um, I got married and had kids. And so it wasn't until then I did lots of little jobs, and then I kind of had a bit more time when my kids were young. And um, I started up writing for kids, actually, because, they were reading some things that I didn't particularly enjoy. Some things they read were great, but others were, I thought I could probably write something sort of thing. <laughs> so I started writing kids' books, and then then ideas came to me for young adults and adult books. Um, and so it kind of got to the point where I had a couple of books that I'd written, um, and I ended up submitting them to places and both. And I had a kids' book and an adult book. Um, accepted by HarperCollins at the same time, which just was kind of lucky, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of write one of each now, but um, in the middle of all that, my husband got really sick and he, he died from cancer. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the, that came along kind of just before I got all the public, I got, all, I got the publishing deal. So it was a really kind of weird time for me the few years, you know, he died, it was nearly four years ago now. So it was a really weird time when, you know, obviously Matt was really unwell. Um, they gave him two months to live when we found out he had cancer. Yeah. So, and he lived for nine months. And it was after that that I kind of decided to take time off and be with my kids. So I didn't, you know, want to go back and leave them at that time. So I thought I'll send these books out to publishers and see what happens. And if nothing does, I'll, you know, after six months, I'll go back and work full time. So, and that's when they got picked up. So... Yeah, so I never did go back full time <laughs> to work, and it's been kind of a probably a bit of a lifeline for me in a way because yeah. it's just been able to be something that I can really focus on that's just completely different. So yeah, it's been an unusual run <laughs> for me to get to get published, and yeah. so I'm still I'm still publishing kind of one at the moment a year, one kids and one adult book a year, um, and that's where I am at the moment. So we'll see how it goes, but, but you, you know. It's, it's, it's a weird industry where you never know what's around the corner or how long you'll be doing it for. Yeah, very true. Um, you're Kelly Hawkins for your adult books and Kelly Ann Hawkins mm. for your children's book. Is there a, is there a distinct difference between the two styles, or is that just be just something? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is really because the kids ones are kind of the kids book was written. It's just an when I wrote it because I love Roald Dahl kind of books. So it's a, they're funny adventure books. The kids ones. And the I school just had of talking idea. pets and bird brain are the two. Kids yeah, books, yeah, yeah. So school for talking pets was the one that just came to me, and it it was just such a fun idea of this, you know, this kid that wins a week at a at a school where they've just that's just emerged where they teach their kids, they teach their pets to talk. Yeah. And I just I just had so much fun. It's different writing kids books. It's kind of a bit more fun, and a bit they're, they're funny and they're a bit more lively. So. It was fun writing that, and then I did have the idea for my first adult book, which is Other People's Houses. And so once they were done, and then I had to write more, it was like, oh, my God, now I've got to think of other ideas. <laughs> but um, So it's good. it's good in a way because they are quite different. So I'm Kellyanne Hawkins. I think we owned an art about different names. It's mostly just sort of kids Google you. They, they don't find things that aren't that appropriate for them because the kids' books 
you know, for primary school age, they don't really need to know some of the adult stuff. So it's mostly just to separate them out. But, um, yeah, I love doing both because it does give me that just something, you know, they are so different. And writing something that's a bit darker is great to put it away and then go, okay, now I'm doing the kids one, which is completely different. It's quite funny and, yeah, so it's nice to have the change. Who um who's your benchmark? Who's the person that you that you gave apartment three hundred three to 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 read that you wanted to get to, not necessarily mm-hmm. approval but the opinion of? Oh, my agent probably. Yeah, she yeah. she'll tell me the truth too. So <laughs> so which is great. But um, so I'm always yeah I'm always wanting to see what she'll say. And of course, my publisher they're the main two. Um, everyone else, I don't. I'm not one of those people that shows my stuff to anyone really. I don't have. I've never really done that. Um, I'm one. I, I'm actually one of those people who hate. You know, if someone's reading and I couldn't stand them reading my book in front of me, like I get really nervous about that sort of thing. So, um, or if you know, reading it out aloud at a festival or something is terrible. I hate doing that. <laughs> Even we live in a, we live in a world now where you know everyone can have their two bobs worth of that. Uh, yeah, what, what, yeah. What you do? How how do you how do you cope with that? Oh my god! Don't go on Goodreads. Is what I've learned. Just don't <laughs> <laughs> don't um don't read about it. Cause, yep. Yeah, yeah. And I and I've. And if you want to feel better about yourself, go and find a book that you love and read it on Goodreads because so many people will hate that as well. And <laughs> that makes me feel better because it's not – because I think, how can they hate this book? This is like 20 times better than mine. <laughs> so that's kind of how I would deal with it because, yeah, it's, it's people – and what I guess I've learned is that everyone just has different opinions, you know. People – some people will really enjoy something and really hate something else, but I think that's brilliant. So, you know, you've you just got to not, I think, not read it. Yep. Be- <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the beholder, no matter whether it's yeah. a reading thing or whatever. Um, is, uh, is, is it a daily discipline? Do you sit down every day and do, and do some writing or, or how do you, how do you go about it? Yeah, I do it every day. Um, if I'm in a good place, like ahead of a deadline, I might have a day or two off on the weekends, but um, if hang, on, hang on, did you oh. just say the words ahead of a deadline? Yeah, which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, never I, was about to, I was about to clarify that by saying that doesn't happen, so um, if it ever did, yeah, I would have weekends off. Uh, no, I'd pretty much, I might like give myself a lesser word count, but basically I try and have, I have a word count based on what, how much I have to get written. Um, and what the date, you know, that, that that it's due is. So, yeah, at the moment I'm trying to write 2,000 words a day because I'm struggling a bit to find time at the moment. But um, if I was, if I had a bit longer, I might only leave it at a thousand just to. But if I find if I'm writing something, especially first draft, and I leave it for too long, it's it's really a lot harder to to write it. I think it just flows better if you if you're there every day, if you write a little bit every day. So even if I'm having a really bad day and it's nothing's coming, I'll try and just write a few hundred words and read over the bit from that I've written maybe the day before so that the next day I might do better because not every day you write as well as other days. Yeah. Unfortunately. Do, do, do ideas come to you in, in strange and weird places sometimes? Yes, yes. In the night usually. Although yeah. half of those ideas can be those ideas can be terrible as well. <laughs> you think it's brilliant and then you you know, I've learned to try and keep a notepad, you know, by my bed because you need to write something down, it, whether it's a new idea or just a, a something, you know, a plot point or something. Yeah. It's, if you don't remember, if you don't write it down in the night, it will be gone. And um, and also, yeah, some of the things I think of in the night that 
sound brilliant when I look at what I've scribbled down. It just doesn't even say like, what. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. What, what was so, yeah, I that's thinking? A, yeah, exactly. It just makes no sense. You think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, in, in when you're out and about, you'll have ideas. Walking is a really good one for me. I'm stuck. Um, I'll try and go for a long walk without, even without music, but um, just on your own and yeah I think if you go for a good long walk that helps you yeah sort out a lot of issues actually yeah. um, but but an actual idea for a whole idea for a book is a little bit harder and that's a bit more random I think you never know when that's going to come at you do you um, do you storyboard anything or do you just uh, let it flow as it, as it comes out of you um, I try and have a plan because I find like you said before that you can get a bit off the rails if you don't have a plan or yeah. I can and it makes editing a bit of a nightmare later on. Um, so I do have a bit of a plan, but it doesn't always, things don't always go to plan and it's not like set in stone. Like often I'll start with a plan thinking this character's going to be a certain way and then when I start writing them, the character's not really like that at all. <laughs> they're a little bit, they're a totally different person or, you know, they're just not, they're outgoing instead of shy or whatever. And so it leads you in a different direction. So um, I have a guide and I usually know kind of how it will, end and start and maybe a couple of things that were going to happen in the middle but yeah not not detailed like some people a twisting searing mystery a uh, a scary domestic thriller there, there's some great words have been said about uh, apartment 303 uh you're working on the next one already uh so con- hey congratulations on on this book coming out and uh, and i'm sure people are going to enjoy it and uh, thank you thank for having you. a chat to us on uh, on authorized been uh, Great privilege to have a chat to you, Kelly. Good work. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Apartment 303 through HarperCollins, that is the name of that book, and we'll be hearing a lot more about Kelly Hawkins, I have no doubt, uh, in the future. All the best of luck to her. Uh, And all the best of luck to you if you're trying to work out your financial situation and you need a bit of help, I've got some people who can help you out. There are podcast partners, CSCG. They'll be only too happy to help you, and all you have to do is contact them. Give them a call. On double nine seven four eight triple three, have a chat, have a look at their website, cscg.com.au, and I'm sure you'll be happy with the outcome. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Authorised Podcast. Where you found this one, there's plenty more to check out. Enjoy those as well, uh, and I'll talk to you next time on the Authorised Podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier.